I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Right. I'm the only one here, guys. I'm never the first. I've got a bit of wind there. I don't know where that's coming from. Apologies. Let's try and keep it clean. Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Let's start this podcast. Have we started it? This is it. We're starting. Okay. Alison, how has your week been? My week's been pretty good. This week I'm dealing with a lot of puppy biting. That's an exciting thing. How do you tell a, a puppy, hey, stop doing that? It's our fault, right? You either got to like find ways to stimulate his brain. You got to exercise him a bit more. I don't know how to make a puppy nap because I don't want to like cage him in and discipline him. But puppies need to nap. They're like kids. Right. Jen, were your kids hard to get to nap? Oh, yeah. People were like, what I like to do is I put Jessica down at one o'clock and she'll wake up at three. And I find it really helps with the day to create some structure. And I'm like, well... I don't know what the fuck you're talking about because I put my kids down and then they stand back up again and then I put them down and they stand back up again and then I put them down and they're like, fuck you, bitch, we're never going to sleep. <laughs> so, yeah, I can relate to that. That's how I feel my puppy is. I am not relating, but right now it's like a nonstop moving being. And he whines when I'm gone, though. This is the problem. And puppy cries are at a level that are like, it's almost like baby cries, so you pay attention. Oh, of course. That's why the cry is at that pitch. Look, what you've got there is some hardcore, unconditional love. Yeah. I mean, like, literally, you could do anything to that puppy now and it will never not love you. That's the sad (laughs) situation that you're in right now. Obviously, I'm not (laughs) suggesting that you, like, just, you know, like, put some food out and then take it away and go, ha, just kidding. (laughs) I mean... Oh, we had our first walk. That's a big deal. Yeah. And how did he enjoy Moss Side? <laughs> 
My Pomeranian toy puppy loved Moss Side in Manchester. I'm sure you can imagine how well he fit in. It's funny because they still have the kickoff point where the old city grounds, the old football grounds used to be. And it's in the middle. So we were like, oh, there's a grassy knoll. Let's take him there. And I thought he was going to poop on it. And I was pretty excited because I was like, do I take a picture? And then I was like, I'll get killed, actually. I am not. (laughs) Yeah, you won't survive that. Like a city man fan. I'm in trouble. Yeah. So I almost talk sports. I know. And you'll see Maureen. She's out. She's already flatlined. There's no way of talking sports to this woman. Maureen's out. You said foot and then ended with ball and she went. (laughs) We had to get there. What are those things called? They're clear. I normally do the same, but the idea of shooting on a kickoff point, I was like, yeah, baby, I'm in. Gave me a lot of joy. Maureen, what about your week? I went for a walk with Susan Murray and I ordered a large ice cream because I've got this logic that if you... Eating ice cream while you walk, it doesn't add any calories. It doesn't. That's that's a known fact. Um, eating while walking, 17 cream cakes and an ice cream and a 99. <laughs> oh, you guys, I didn't know moving calories are zero calories. I didn't know the rule. It's not scientifically based, but it's a theory. And really? I ordered large and it was, even by my standards, I was like, bloody hell. It was massive. Obviously, I ate it, but it was still a really large ice cream. I was very impressed. Maureen, you know when I talk to you about getting out, Which doing I did. exercise, getting your steps up? Yeah, but I don't expect you to eat a large 99 flake. You're kind of, you're missing the point of the reason why I want you to go and do the exercise. I, I, I'm, it's, a, it's a losing battle that I'm constantly trying to get you to be healthy so you can stay alive longer. I went for a walk today and didn't eat an ice cream. Um. I know you work well to a, not a deadline, but you like a goal. So how about, Maureen, if I set you a steps goal every day and you have to send me the steps on your phone because that will actually... It depends what number you're going for. Well, I think like at minimum 5,000 steps a day. 5,000 is fine. Yeah. And then we work up to 10,000 a day. No, we work up to it more in your face. Okay. And then Maureen, I'll do it with you. I'll accept a step challenge. Yeah, five thousand a day. But you have to do it every day. It's not like once a week or once every six months. No, let's try and go. Let's go a week. And see what happens. And then next weekend we'll go. Yeah. Could you think we could squeeze in six somehow? Let's go per yeah. week. You work your way up, and maybe sometimes you're like, oh, I can't be bothered to go to blah blah blah. You think, but I've got to show Jen my steps. So you go out of the house and you do your walking. Honestly. I feel like I have found my calling. Stand-up comedy is obviously on its way out. That's dying on its halt. But an inspirational speaker? Who knew? That's me. You're welcome. How inspired are you feeling, Maureen? Uh, on a scale of one to ten. Five. That's actually not bad. I thought it would be lower than that. Alison, how inspired do you feel? Well, I was like, I'm ready to do it. Yeah, Alison is inspired. She's on a six on inspiration. I did 3,413 today. There you go. You can hit five. Well, I did 12,000. So How did you do 12,000? I went for a walk with my mother, Maureen, who is 75. So, hello, is this on? 75. She did 12,000 steps with me. How long did it take you to walk 12,000 steps? I'm just curious. Three and a half days. We left We left quite a long time ago. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Walking with my mum is painful because I think I don't think I can walk any slower than this. If And she's like, Yenny, you're going too fast. I was like, if I walk any slower, mum, I won't be walking. So be I'll walking be crawling. I'll be, yeah. But no, she did it. You know, we did our 12,000 steps. I have to say at the end, I'm not sure she enjoyed it, but. Uh, we did it. My dad is very active. He's always doing stuff, building things, doing his garden. 
So he looks a lot younger than he really is. Listen, it's the secret to longer life. It's just doing things that are not dreadfully unhealthy. I've read this in books somewhere. I know this to be true. This is what they're telling us. Stop doing unhealthy things and do healthy things and you live longer. This is scientific fact. This isn't fake news. This is actual facts that people... Anyway, I don't want this to be about me just giving more in a hard time, which is obviously what this podcast is based on. It's what our friendship is about. <laughs> the, the most important thing is that, that we have all had a very dynamic week and that's what people have tuned into this podcast for. Mm-hmm. What have the girls been up to? One of them's been swimming again. Uh, one of them went for a walk. <laughs> one of them had an ice cream. Oh, could this podcast get any more dynamic? da 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 Probably not. We're relatable. We're the every woman. Oh, I know. And that's the tragedy of it, because I always thought I was a maverick, Alison. No. I'm going to close my internet. Don't close your internet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. I haven't put any makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out of it, OK? <laughs> That's our idea of Maverick. This is an actual classic that actually Alison reminded yes. me of. Yes. When I was in Edinburgh after my show, I was at Whistle Binkies, which is a great little pub in Edinburgh. And after my show, I would sit on the stage and I would take off my heels, put my trainers on. So I was sitting there and the two guys behind the bar went, Maureen, because obviously my legs were kind of akimbo. And I went, oh, don't worry about it. Because I thought, so what if they can sit in the dress? I don't care. So I carried on. And they went, yeah, but Maureen, you're in front of the light. Because the light was still on. I was like, yeah, so what? Carried on. They went, yeah, but you're in front of the camera. And I went, and? They went, well, it's a live direct feed to the room next door. A live feed. But also, it's important for people to know that there's not just one screen. (laughs) There's like in every corner of the bar, there is a screen that would have had Maureen's crotch. (laughs) People there just trying to enjoy the pie going, what What kind of show is this? I mean, the other thing was that Maureen was in no rush to get up when she found out it was a live feed. <laughs> well, they'd seen it by then, hadn't they? So that's a very odd logic, but okay, that it does make some sort of sense. Unfaced, completely unfaced. One of the many uh, Be More Maureen's that happened that Edinburgh. <laughs> There's so many. Um, there were a few. Maureen, that was, by our standards, that was pretty... Swift. It's a gem. I wish we had that live feed. <laughs> I don't think you would. Well, just to be like, there she is. To be honest, Alison, if you and I had been sitting out there with a pint in our hands... I would have known it was her. I would have been like, oh, that's Maureen's... Oh, that's Maureen's crotch. There she is. Not because I know Maureen's crotch, but because I would be like, whose crotch would end up... I know, I was like, let's... Hang on. We don't all know each other's crotches, but just... To be fair, I doubt there's anybody alive today who actually would be able to recognise it. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy your underwear. You've actually bought me some of my underwear. I know. That's friendship, Maureen. When I know the exact type of knicker that you want, the exact style, that's when we know that you and I need to stop spending so much time together. (laughs) (laughs) Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice, I ain't using it. It's time, it's the best part of the show, isn't it, this? Sorry, Maureen. Where we get to speak to our resident Agni aunt and it's time to go to the gym, pull it together. 
paying taxes. Yeah. Ask Alison. The problem is, I don't want my new partner to see me naked. I don't like my body, and I don't like showing it to my partners. So this person does not feel comfortable with their body and showing it. I think this is a pretty common problem, and I'm going to say across both sexes. I think generally this used to be we would think it was just women, but I think a lot of men have this issue too. In fact, I I have to say, from my experience, I don't know too many people who are truly body confident. Jen, Maureen, do you know body confident people? There are people that I think should be body confident that aren't. Yeah. So... But, yeah, most people have hang-ups, don't they? Sure. Well, they have hang-ups about weird things, don't they, like the top of their arms? or. The... Yeah. I don't like the top of my arms, Maureen. Really? You don't like the top of your arms? Seriously. But, you know, I've got the opposite problem because I think I look better than I am. So I remember when I saw the comedy store, there was a video of me and I looked quite fat in it. I had really fat legs and fat arms. I was like, God, that camera's really wonky. <laughs> And then the MC came back on and he looked exactly how he did in real life. I was like, oh, no, it wasn't the camera. <laughs> <laughs> but Maureen, to a degree, I think that's positive. Yes. I don't have a full mirror. I only have a mirror that I can only see my head in it. So that always I helps. mean, it's true. You can only see your chin and your nose. So um... <laughs> <laughs> that's all we've ever seen. That's all I know, Maureen. <laughs> I only know one person who I think is truly comfortable in his own skin, but he genuinely works out a lot. Now he's a personal trainer, so I'm like, of course he's Yeah, guy. of course he's confident. And he used to be a tinier guy, so I know he's built up to be, you know, so I'm like, okay, he's very interesting. Uh, so I think body confidence, obviously, across the board, this is something. And issues with body and the way we see each other, which it is actually called body dysmorphia. Yep. The actual definition is a mental health condition where a person spends a lot of time worrying about flaws in their appearance, these flaws are often unnoticed by others. So body dysmorphia, we fixate on what we feel is awful about ourselves, and that's all we can see. And with the way the world is today, I think our body issues have gone up, obviously, because we're exposed to images of what beauty and attractiveness is supposed to be now 24-7 with social media, internet, etc. So we're, It's worse yes. because the way they, they market women to be a, a size that you, like a normal woman can't be. Absolutely. I mean, there's also that thing about Simone de Beauvoir like, where... Um, a woman is not born, she's made. So, like, there's different ideas of beauty depending on what culture you're in, what country you're in, what time period you're in. Totally, totally. I think also right now we live in a time where body confidence, the whole concept around it and being okay with what your body is. I mean, I grew up, my thing was always my weight, obviously. This is what I was always very concerned with. And I, I look around at the world today now and I'm like, look at how much information there is about being confident with being who you are. If you're a bigger person, that is okay. Love yourself. I did not grow up. Like, I was the only chubby kid in my school. So it, this has been an interesting thing because this is like, okay, okay, this is, I feel this affects everyone. So top three reasons why people might fall into this uh, mindset. I'm sure there's a lot of other reasons, but these are top three. They are related to somebody who suffers with OCD. They have had a negative life experience, teased as a kid, neglected or abused, uh, or they have perfectionism complex. 
okay, obviously this person is concerned because, you know, this is affecting. They, they don't want to get naked for another partner. But I'm very pleased at all that they brought this up, though, because it means at least they're thinking about it. They're realizing that this is an issue. Because I think a lot of people who have problems with their body, I mean, I was reading stories of people who have been married for 15 years and their husband or their wife has never seen them fully naked. 15 years. I can totally empathize with that initial thing where you're with someone and you want to impress them, but you want them to see you in your best light at all times, you know. You're like, oh, don't look at me from behind. And blah, 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 blah. the amount of time you spend at the beginning of a relationship pretending to be interesting when you're not, pretending to be interested in them when maybe not as interested as you pretending to be. Or you, you say, oh, I love Ethiopian food. And you're like, I've never tried it. You know, and then you get to a point where you're like, we're in a relationship. I feel secure. We're together. You're going to see me from behind. I'm so sorry, but deal with that. And you know what? They're not like, ah, this is her horror show. They want like, to see you from behind. They're totally like, I've been waiting to see you from behind for like... It's interesting because like, honestly, I grew up being very self-conscious, being very body aware. And yet I have to think if I was worried about Danny seeing me naked throughout my life, what a torturous experience that would be. Because think of how that spills into all of your life. If you're afraid to have a person that loves you, and, and we are proceeding on the idea that this partner that this person is going to be with cares about them. If you're with a partner who body shames you in the least, get the F out under any circumstance. I agree with you. I went to, was at a party once and this French guy, I was looking for some food, surprise, surprise, and he went, oh, you need to lose weight. And I said, well, I like my food. I don't exercise. So that's never going to happen. And then I walked off. We'd been flirting up to them, but I thought if that's what you're going to, I mean, to be fair, I could do with losing weight, but if, if that's what you're going to say to me when you're chatting me up, you can piss off. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the steps? I'm getting pragmatic. Here are the steps that I feel. Cognitive behavior therapy. Honestly, getting a therapist, speaking to somebody is one of the greatest things you can do for yourself. They can't tell you how to fix your problem. What they can do is teach your brain how to fire in a different way. Teach those synapses to connect. That is the purpose of a therapist. Not to tell you you're right or wrong, not to give you the answers, to help you figure out how to make your brain fire in a different way. If you can't afford that, I understand that. Get into health and well-being self-help books. Oh, my God. I love a self-help book. I read, like, probably seven to eight books a week. You know why? Because they were about me. And I loved every moment of that experience. <laughs> I read so many self-help books, I couldn't afford them anymore. I had to buy used self-help books. <laughs> a self-help book, they're, they're so helpful. They've got great tools that you can sometimes use, strategies that help you. If you don't want to go talk to somebody, okay, that's another way to start it. I'm sure. There are some people out there that are really lost and, and medication might help. Andy Warhol was a prescribed body dysmorphia. He completely had it. Isn't that interesting? Andy Warhol. Yeah, I heard that. Um, Alison, very good advice, as always. Um, I feel it's always very sad when you hear that anyone has body dysmorphia. Obviously, we all walk around with hang-ups yeah. about our body. That I think that's almost impossible to swerve that. Body dysmorphia is a completely different kettle of fish to oh I just don't like my upper arms you know I just feel like across the board it, it's more of a regular occurrence one thing I want to mention I did find a website I really liked the body dysmorphic disorder foundation there were videos there were seminars they had books that were recommended I thought it was an amazing website so you know just it was really amazing to me so many resources Amazing. Alison, as always, your advice has been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much for taking the trouble. And I would urge people that are listening, do contact us if you have a problem. Alison is here for you. You can contact her at uh, womentalkingbollocks at gmail.com. 
Or if you just want to send us a message, you can do and we'll read it. That's always nice, isn't it, to read? <laughs> it's nice to hear from our yeah. listener and we'd appreciate it if you would contact us. <laughs> is that OK? <laughs> I mean, is that all right to be that needy on a podcast? Is that... I feel like we're at, we're at, I don't know what episode we're on now, but we're at that point where I can get a bit like, we don't know if this is working, okay? It's like shouting into a bin. I don't know if this <laughs> podcast is any good. So if you're enjoying it, please let us know. And the way to do that is to subscribe to it, to leave us a message saying, hey, this the podcast, I'm really enjoying the fact that you talked about ice cream and, and dogs walking. Sea swimming. And someone who... Can't stop talking about swimming, that sort of thing. <laughs> Stick it up there, and and if you do, then other people will find our podcast, and they might like it. And do you know what? Then we might make more than eleven pounds a year in advertising. Okay, do not people understand about my ego? This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Who'd want to be a Kardashian? That just seems grim. Can we stand by that, everyone? <laughs> let's talk about TV. What have we been watching? Maureen, let's go to you. I think it's going to be a very short contribution for me because I've been watching a lot and a lot and a lot of Austrian TV <laughs> and Gallic soaps. Okay. I'm guessing this is quite eclectic choice for most people. I think we need to shut this down right now. Okay, I <laughs> watched a film on Netflix. I actually watched it a couple of weeks ago, but I've forgotten that I watched it, which is the way I roll. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It's called The Peanut Butter Falcon. Have you heard of this? Oh, we started watching it. I haven't finished it yet. I absolutely loved it. And it's a really sweet movie. And it was written by these two. I might have got this wrong, actually, but I'm getting this secondhand because Chloe told me. But it's written by two chaps who went to, I think, a drama school with one of the main actors in it who has Down syndrome. And he was a child actor and he went off the rails and then he got very depressed. And I think he had a, he started drinking and, it, you know, so they were like wanted to get him back on track. So they they wrote a film for him to star in 
and this is the, this is it. This is the peanut butter falcon, and the the main chap in it is called uh, Zach. I don't know how to pronounce his surname. Zach Gotsigan, and he can't live on his own. So he has been institutionalised in this old people's home because he can't live on his own and there's nobody else that can take care of him. For whatever reason, there's no money for him to be living in sort of sheltered accommodation so he can have some kind of independence. And so he's trying to escape because he's like, I'm not a pensioner, I'm a young man. I want to go out and I want to live my life. So he escapes and it's about his journey. And on the way, he meets Sheila Berth, who plays a young man who's grieving the death of his brother and is has also gone off the rails and they strike up a friendship. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful film. It's funny. It's warm. It's not mawkish at all. It's a little bit surreal. And I enjoyed it from start to finish. I did not choose that film. Chloe chose it. And when she chose it, I was like, oh, God, it's going to be one of those feel-good films that's going to make me throw up in my own mouth. Um, and it was, it was, it is a feel good film to be sure, but in the best possible way. And I would recommend it. And it's such a tonic, I think, for everything that's happening at the moment, particularly in British politics. Uh, if you just want to be like, if, if everything's getting on top of you, you're like, I just need a, I just need a distraction. This is the, this is the movie. <laughs> You're welcome. What have you been watching, Alison? Well, you know, I try to choose my horror movies based on our problem. I'm kind of stretching it this week, but I started thinking about body dysmorphia, and then I was like, ooh, plastic surgery. There's probably some. And then I kind of got into weird body things, so I'm going to recommend a horror movie. Some people, I don't know how they feel about it, but it's called Teeth. Right, I'm just Googling it right now. Already, it sounds disgusting, because when I think of teeth, and they're not in... What, where are these teeth? In a girl's vagina. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Did you date her, Jen? Oh, for sure. <laughs> teeth. Okay, teeth movie I've got to put in. Because if you type in teeth to Google, Google just assumes you want to know about teeth. Gives you teeth. I mean, it would. It's a 2007 film. Just to let you know, it got 80% in Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. Yeah. But Google users mm, didn't enjoy it, Alison. So 63% like this film on Google. But uh, so tell us about it. What what the, what? Well, I, saw, I saw it a long time ago. Uh, I just remember walking away from it being like, that was a very different film. It's not really scary as much as it is. Um, Gross. <laughs> it's just everything kind of you would imagine it might be. Imagine being a girl, an adolescent. I think it's kind of a metaphor for oh, becoming a woman. Okay, does a man lose his penis? Because if she's got teeth down there, I'm assuming... <laughs> Something happens more than a circumcision. I don't want to give away the movie. You got to watch it to see what happens. Does a guy lose his schlong or not? I, I, I haven't seen this movie, but you've told me that there is a woman with a, a vagina with teeth in it. So the natural conclusion is that schlongs go. <laughs> is a schlonger gone? How do you clean them? That's the well, question. Well, if you have the right amount of fluoride, um, then you can make, ensure that you keep your teeth. <laughs> Would you use an electric brush? You might kill two birds with one stone, wouldn't you? She takes long showers. She's got a lot of teeth. <laughs> she cleans her teeth a hell of a lot. Why does she have two toothbrushes? You wouldn't use mouthwash down there, though, would you? No. You'd have to draw a line under that. You're like, do you know what? I'm going to let my gums go. Ooh. It's fine. Do you know what? I once used, I won't go into the story, but I once used apple cider vinegar down there. That was a really bad oh idea. Oh, my God. Okay, Maureen, I don't even know why you would put vinegar on your food. Because I hadn't read the, the page, probably the website. You're meant to dilute it and I hadn't whoa, diluted it. Whoa, whoa. I'd advise against Maureen, it, by the way. 
Oh, you would advise against it, would you, Morn? In case any of you out there are thinking of dousing your vulva in, in, in vinegar, don't do it. It's a no. It's a hard no from Maureen. Even if it is organic with mother. <laughs> it, it did burn. Malt vinegar okay, Maureen? Can we, was it just the apple cider vinegar that we shouldn't use? White wine vinegar, will that do the trick? <laughs> That's the only vinegar I've tried. It feels like a no-brainer to me, but obviously, well, let's put that out there because there might be other people thinking of dousing themselves in vinegar. So, um... There's a woman with a vulva full of teeth. Okay, keep talking. I think that's all you need to know. Give it a go, guys. Vagina teeth. Great. Okay, well, do you know what? I Normally I'm like, oh, that sounds quite interesting and I might get involved with that, but I might swerve that because that's the kind of thing where I would wake I up you. in the middle of the night and just, and just see teeth in a vagina and it would really put me off everything I, I enjoy about my life at the moment. Um, I don't know what that that doesn't what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. You're a big tooth fan. <laughs> I very much like to look at a vagina before bedtime, and uh, that would spoil <laughs> what I what I love most. It's not it's not even a true thing. Great. Well, Alison, thank you so much. That was a great recommendation. We can all agree that my television stroke movie recommendation wins this week. I mean, that, there is no prize, and so far there hasn't been a competition. But <laughs> yes, I won. Okay, good, great. <laughs> Now it's going to be Maureen's cultural corner. Uh-huh. I haven't started it, Maureen. We... Hello. I'm going to start that again. <laughs> I think it's time then to move swiftly on. We've got to move swiftly on, Maureen. It's time for your cultural. Listen, did you see what I did there? I I used some cultural music to introduce you. Thank you very much. When we discussed this, I came up with some suggestions, some couple of silent movies from the 1920s and 30s, and uh, Jen and Alison are absolutely horrified. So I've changed my options now. I've gone for something slightly more modern. I've gone to, <laughs> for some French TV. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for something very, very different. I mean, it is the cultural corner, so yeah, okay. So I've gone for, I don't know if any of you have seen this, this is on Netflix, it's called Call My Agent, or 10% French. And it's great. It's uh, about the trials and tribulations of an actor's agency set in Paris and features some of the biggest stars in French cinema who they pop in to do cameos. And it's very funny. It's very French. It has a no-nonsense lesbian in it, which I think is always good. Every programme should have at least one, don't you think, Jen? <laughs> well, I'm waiting for the call. And she's played by Camille Cotin, who was in uh, Killing Eve. And often the stars are the butts of the joke. So you get someone like Jean de Jardin, who was in The Artist. It's just very, very funny, very entertaining. If you want to watch something and don't really want to think that much, totally recommend it. Uh, the next one is Le Bureau, which is sometimes on Amazon Prime, sometimes it's not. But if you like spooks, you'll enjoy this. But it's less pub fiction than spooks. In fact, it's basically a political thriller and it's regarded by some as one of the best television series the French have ever made. And it's about agents from the DGSE, which is like MI6. The main guy is played by Mathieu Kassovitz, and he plays intelligence officer Guillaume de Debailly. And he returns to Paris after having spent six years undercover in Damascus. And it's a really intriguing drama. It obviously deals with what the DGSE gets up to, but also looks at the personal toil of being a spy. Great. And the next one, have, you might have seen this. It's on the BBC. Sometimes it's on iPlayer, not at the moment. A Spiral on Grenage in France. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. My mum has talked to me about it. It's a French cop series. It's absolutely brilliant. Each series deals with one particular crime over the season and you watch the investigation unfold. And it won the 2015 International Emmy Award for Best Series. It's a very unflattering portrayal of French life and the police force. Definitely hasn't been sponsored by the French Tourist Board. 
And even if you speak French, you may need the subtitles on because they speak very fast and there's a lot of slang. And there's two great female leads, uh, Caroline Proust as police captain Laure Bethel and Audrey Fleurot as a tough-as-nails lawyer, Josephine Carlson. And then there's a great character, the judge, played by Philippe Duclos, and then obviously the sexy French guy, Guru Fittissou, as assistant prosecutor, Pierre Clément. I find it really interesting because uh, it gives you a good insight to the French legal system, which is very different from the British one. Thank you, Maureen. That was a very concise cultural corner from you. And I have to be honest, Le Bureau does intrigue me. It's really, really good. Brilliant. Thank you, Maureen. Wonderful. We're nearing the end of the podcast. I know that there will be sighs of disappointment throughout the land. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, I wish this was four hours. But sadly, no, uh, it's coming to an end. And so now it's time for the final part of the podcast, which we know to be what's got my goat? What has got Jen's goat? That's me talking about myself in the third person. What's got it, Jen? <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, well, chewing gum. There we are. I'm putting it out there. It makes me viscerally angry. I was talking to Maureen about this and she couldn't relate. But No, that's not it. I, I don't understand chewing gum. I don't see the point in chewing gum. But it doesn't bother you when someone's chewing it, does it? No, not really. I don't like it when they stick it places. That's annoying. Oh, no, no. That's another level of disgusting. But let's just start with the fact that you are talking to someone who is chewing. They're just chewing. And you're like, what are you chewing? Oh, gum. So you're never going to swallow that shit. You're just going to chew it. So I'm just going to have to hear you chewing, watch you chewing, hear all that spit in your mouth, masticating away. But at no point are you ever going to swallow. What the F? It's like... I had a boyfriend like you. I was waiting for that one, Maury. I was waiting for that. Now that we've moved away from the fellating joke, I dislike chewing gum. And I don't like hearing the sound of people chewing it. It actually makes me feel sick. And also, on top of that, I, not that long ago, it was actually pre-lockdown, so it's probably about, in our time, six years ago, um, put my legs up against the back of a table and then pulled my leg away, only to find it was stuck to the table because of chewing gum. Oh. That, do you know, like, it's not bad enough that you stick that shit in your mouth and you just chew it for hours, but then you're just some kind of scumbag that just sticks it somewhere under a table for some poor beige lesbian to, like... <laughs> have it stuck to her very expensive jeep. Well, all right, not that expensive. I mean, they're quite cheap, but it's not the point. I don't want to be walking around with your masticated gum on my knee. That's what I'm trying to say. So this is what's got my goat. And listen, I'm not saying for one second that I believe in authoritarianism because I 100% don't, which is where our government is sending us down the road. They're sending us down the bloody swanee right now. And by the way, when I go to Singapore, at no point have I ever been in Singapore thinking, oh, this is a bloody utopia. But you know what? <laughs> they got one thing right, and that is chewing gum. And I think we should bloody well ban the stuff. I agree. I just think it's pointless. But do you meet that many people who chew gum? It's, it's a young person's thing, isn't it? <sighs> I feel like it's gone out of fashion. There's still people around, but it's not like... Do you remember when it was big? Remember Hubba Bubba? Like big chewing? I mean, that was different because I was chewing Hubba Bubba because I was a child. It's it's And, and it, it was great. great. And it was it gorgeous. Had, but, but also with Hubba Bubba, it had sugar in it for about, what, three chews? And then you were like, what is this disgusting mank? Four to five chews. Three bubbles, you're done. Yeah, and then you'd get rid of it, wouldn't you? And then you'd put it somewhere so because then the sugar would reform on it. And then you'd put it back in your mouth and you could get another chew from it. And then you'd just put it out again. And then just leave it out there to collect germs and then stick it back in your mouth. Oh, I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that. Listen. 
And before you start judging me, going, oh, well, she's got no problem with taking gum out of her mouth and putting it out there. I'm talking about when I was a child. And guess what? I didn't leave it there. I put it back in my mouth. Okay, I feel like I'm really losing the argument here. <laughs> what did you do afterwards, though, when you got rid of it? Did you put it, always put it in the bin? Of course. <laughs> I actually used to give it to my brother Stephen and he would then chew it. <laughs> Absolute oh. fact. I actually remember when we were children, uh, he was very, very young. Maybe he was about four. Um, him picking up chewing gum off the floor and putting it in his mouth. So, um, yeah. I mean, I say he was four. He was probably 30. <laughs> he wasn't. He was only four. He was only a chubby baby. <laughs> Well, that's my goat. I remember having sweets that looked like cigarettes. I don't know, you're probably too young. They just... Yeah, candy sticks now they're called. I remember those, Charlie, and you blow them and they'd have smoke that would come out of them. Oh, no, they didn't have smoke. You just oh, used to eat did. them. Whoa, 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 whoa. We were just about to wrap the podcast up, but I just need to quickly tap into this. Sorry, we had these white candy sticks that had like a little pink thing at the end. Yeah. To signify, you know, cigarette. You're trying to tell me that when you took a puff on your candy stick, smoke came out. When you blow in the center, there would have been a little hole drilled through that little candy and you kind of had like a dust, like a sugar cloud and you could like, and you get like a little like. Wow, that is appalling. I know. I want one. It's not around now. Like, it was a small period of time in where I grew up. Do you remember the chocolate ones that had paper wrapped on them? And then you'd have to unwrap oh, them. Yeah. And then And the chocolate... Oh, God, yeah. And the chocolate was weird-tasting chocolate. It wasn't really chocolate. It was like pretend chocolate. But it's like, I feel so sophisticated. And it would have a gold tip and like a pink. And you'd be like, I'm just having one of our cigarettes. And then after a while, you get bored and you'd unravel it and eat the manky chocolate in the middle. Yeah? Good times, people. It's... Always good. <laughs> Always good to go back and think of that time when you were like six-year-olds pretending to smoke a cigarette. Mm. Well, what a wonderful way to bring up your children. Anyway, it's been a fantastic podcast. I've enjoyed every millisecond of it. <laughs> Guys, uh, bye. See ya. Bye. Women talking bollocks. If you enjoyed today's episode, then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, like us, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. It's WTB underscore podcast. Leave a nice comment. If you didn't really enjoy the show, then don't leave a comment. Just tell somebody you don't like very much to listen to the next one. And then we all win. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.